Welcome to Safe Space with Jess Poss, a growing and flowing vibe for the Soul Tribe. I'm Jess Poss, talking all things spirituality, personal development, life, and career, reminding you and myself to show up authentically in radical self-love. It is tough stuff, but worth the work. What's up, everybody? I am so excited for you to listen to this episode with Doug Finkelstein of Empathic Health. He is a beacon of light in this psychedelic integration support community and an example of letting your spirit guide you, letting your calling pull you, and um, frequently checking in with the higher self and what needs to be released and cleared and what needs to be pursued. Um, If nothing else today, his stories (laughs) are entertaining and the mission behind empathic health is nothing short of love. It, it begins, (laughs) it begins and ends with love. And I am honored to have had uh, time to sit with Doug and and dig into his story and how empathic health came about. I do want to just preface the episode with, um, if you are not familiar with psychedelic integration circles or groups, they are support communities that allow for people to come together of like-mindedness and share whatever it is that they are currently going through shifting, changing, or enduring in their life as a result of life and as a result of psychedelic experiences. When I came home from ayahuasca, uh, from my ayahuasca retreat, you know, it's no surprise I've said it here a million times and on YouTube and on Instagram that um, I had this awakened sense of great gratitude to, to be alive and like really savored and cherished i still do my life and just the the fact that living is a gift i did not i did not view it that way before but then on top of that um i struggled in the winter months with finding um finding support in the sense of people who um have been through something similar and fully understand the transition that you go through after a life uh, changing dose of ayahuasca. Um, And I'm so grateful once again, that I asked for this type of group and this type of support and the type of friends that come with it. Um, With full respect to my friends and my family, I, I feel like I'm so lucky that all of my parents, <laughs> all three of my parents and my both of my siblings and my closest friends have never um, pushed back or doubted me. You know, they might, they might not have had similar experiences as me in terms of psychedelic exploration and consciousness expansion, but there's never been a, there's never been a push for me to stop what I'm doing or stop my path. If, if anything, it's, I just have a great support system of cheerleaders and I'm so grateful. So to be gifted this community empathic health is like um, 
the cherry on top of a cake, right? I, I finally met a group of people who share um, what it is to become awakened, right? And see through the veil and understand like, wow, we are really programmed to care about all these things that really don't matter. And to have the wherewithal and the courage to release it and create and tailor your life to look and feel like whatever it is that is for your best alignment and your highest good. And to everyone from Empathic, I, I, I am so grateful that you are in the community at the same time as me. For everyone I've met, I'm so grateful to have met you. And for everyone who I haven't yet met, I hope that personal space is not a thing for you because I really can't wait to get my paws on everybody and just hug and hold hands. It's like really all I want to do every day um, with the right people, right? So without further ado, I hope that you enjoy this episode. I hope you giggle. I hope you stay to the end for the, the fire round questions. And of course, to the tarot we go for your weekly tarot horoscope for the week ahead. 444 on the clock when I said that. Angels are around you. All right, guys. Thanks again. If you haven't already, please rate, share with a friend, follow on Instagram. And if you are interested in learning more about empathic health, all of the links um, will be in the episode description. Thanks. Hi, Doug. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Jess. <laughs> so I wanted you to come on today to talk not just about empathic health, and your story about psychedelics and their healing entities and essentially your path, right? Leading up to this community that you've built from the ground up, um, but also your personal experiences with psychedelics and the impact it's still, they're still having on your life and what kind of role they play now. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, I'll start with that and the role psychedelics play for me. So I think each person kind of uh, has a, a obligation, a uh, fortunate gift, the opportunity to find their own uh, cocktail of, of how plant medicines factor into their life. So I can talk about mine and hopefully you can provide some value for people that are uh, trying to find out theirs. And it's really a never ending process. So it's, it's changing all the time. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll share a bit about mine. So every two to three years, I feel called to go for an ayahuasca retreat. And that to me is the, the very deep cleaning, uh, really getting in there and, and uh, getting out some of that gunk and toxicity <laughs> that is just thrown into all of our lives to the everyday stress and, uh, anxiety and ups and downs and uh, just life. And uh, every four months or so, so roughly every season, I feel called to have a mushroom journey experience. And that will usually be uh, out in nature, sometimes with a small group of friends. I've recently had my first solo journey and uh, that was a, a whole nother element thrown in um, and we could go on for, for hours about the differences between uh, you know, the different types of journeys with a sitter or alone or, or with a, a small group of friends or at a retreat. 
Um, so that's about every every season of the year. And then uh, I weekly will have some cannabis and what I call my therapy nights. Uh, people around the community know quite well because I usually come out of them with a ton of downloads and ideas and thoughts for, for the community. Uh, so that will be um, getting very ceremonial as I try to do with all of my uh, inward focus medicine experiences. I'll light some Palo Santa, some candles. I will, for some reason, I get completely naked every time and that's just become part of it. It's just uh, your essence coming out. <laughs> yeah, if I if I try to start with clothes on, uh, my brain will be like, you can't start yet. And then I'll eventually figure out that that's why. Uh, I'll get under the tapestry that was woven by my current arrow from my ayahuasca retreat. Uh, I'll smoke some of my volcano, which I absolutely love <laughs> for for the cannabis. And then uh, I'll, I'll do some breath work with you know, headphones and an eye mask. And uh, I, I do that about once a week. And then five times a week. So I do five days on, two days off. I have a microdosing practice, uh, which is a very small amount of, of psilocybin. Um, and every once in a while, if I'm traveling or I just feel like it's time to maybe take a week off from that, I'll, I'll do that. So that's kind of the general framework. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, life can get in the way. So it's not every week to a T I'm doing my therapy nights. It's not exactly every four months that I'm uh, going into nature for a psilocybin journey. But that that's the general framework that I feel uh, keeps me focused and prioritized on what I want to have in my life and experience and, and, and get out of it. And I, I try to roughly stick to that. So if it's been five, six, seven months and I realize it's been that long since my last um, psilocybin journey. I'll start to get more intentional about finding a weekend that I can go and, and have that experience because I know even if I don't realize it, my body is certainly calling for it and, and asking for it. So trying to listen to, to my body and uh, respect its, its wishes. So yeah, that's what my practice looks like as of today. How old were you when you first started dabbling in psychedelics? I was 25. So I'm 29 now for context. So it was four years ago. Uh, and that came about in an interesting way. So I'd always been interested by the idea of it because it's kind of this black box that mm -hmm. people that do them have many, many great things to say. You also hear the stories from the government and media that it's only for hippies and you're going to jump out of a building yeah. if you even look at these things. Yeah. Uh, so anything that uh, is that polarized is of interest. And uh, it wasn't until I, yeah, I was 25. So from the ages of 13 to 23, I was on this uh, chronic hormonal medication called Propecia for hair loss because everyone in my family was bald. And I was like, oh, free hair, sign me up. I just got to take a pill. It's so easy. And uh, it was not that easy. It, it led to uh, really bad mental, physical side effects. And uh, just being on that for 10 years in, into my early 20s, uh, I just couldn't be bothered to care about things like exploring psychedelics or um, traveling or you know the things that 
we are meant to do in this life yeah. and, and to explore ourselves. Uh, when I was finally able to, to quit taking that, when I was 23, I got into meditation a couple months after. And that's when I started to really think like, you know, what can I do in this life that, that I just haven't cared about the last 10 years. And uh, pretty soon after that, you know, a year and a half, uh, that's when psychedelics came to the forefront. And I'm like, all right, now, you know, I'm going to do some research and, and figure out what I need to do to have this experience. And I think mushrooms was always going to be my first one, just something about like the, the natural component mm-hmm. and growing out of the earth always really called to me. Uh, it's probably the most, you know, famous quote unquote, where, uh, you know, people call it shrooms. There's like a whole culture around yeah. it. So it, I, I knew a bit of it. Uh, so I did my own research just on the internet and that was really tricky because every website looked like it was made by a 12 year old in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. It was all really uh, poor interface and design and the forums can be, you know, eight, 10 years old. And you're like, is this information still relevant? Mm-hmm. Is this a doctor or a teenager telling this to me? You know, <laughs> can I really trust what I'm reading? Uh, found enough information to feel comfortable to have my first experience. And I went out to a cabin. I was living in New York City at the time. I went out to a cabin in upstate New York with uh, five friends that were similarly interested. A few of them have had experiences before. Uh, but we brought a what we thought was a trip sitter because again, information on the internet, very sparse. Uh, it was just a sober person that had never done psychedelics. And fortunately they did great. We all had a, a really good experience, uh, of course now, and I'm not sure if people listening know, but for a trip sitter, you really want someone that has experience with the medicine because then they are familiar with what you may be going through while you're on your journey. Um, so now we know the importance of that. It, you know, I, I just couldn't find that back then. And I, I did a good amount of research. Uh, so I, I'll talk about this a bit later on, but that's the, the kind of thinking that led me to wish there was more accessible information out there in a place that people could could access it, um, you know, in a safe, trusting place where, where they could ask questions and, and learn this information to better guide them along their own journey so that they can find, you know, what that cocktail is is for their own personal life. So you said so many things that are resonating and ringing bells, like just in general for anyone listening, we're not saying like, go do drugs, but also like, go live your life. Who are we? Um, But like having that trip sitter, right? Or somebody on call, it doesn't, it doesn't help to pick someone who's just sober because you don't know what their own fears or their own biases are with substances. So that's why it's so important to have somebody, right? Who's kind of like, journeyed and they get the waves and they understand that whatever you're saying to them in that moment is very real. There is like no arguing that it is real. And the arguing part is like, it only makes it worse or, or like more real to the person it's happening to. Um, Absolutely. Right. But I'm curious, you know, this, these few years of experience you had, like just diving in, and exploring, when did you start having like profound downloads around like life meaning and life calling and projects to pursue and changes to make in your life um, while using psychedelics? Yeah, that's a really good question. Thank you. It's hard to pinpoint any like specific time. 
I've always felt a calling to leave some impact on the world. I think that's all of our callings, uh, whether or not we've been fortunate enough to have the space to realize it is, is going to vary from person to person. But in my mind, I can't imagine what else we're here to do if not make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. And that stems from a strong belief in reincarnation. Uh, you know, we're trying to leave a better world for our children because we're going to be our children and <laughs> we want to uh, live in, you know, a utopian paradise and not a Mad Max hellscape. Oh uh, so, so I think that's one of the reasons that uh, I, I certainly feel that way. So with my journeys, what really came about was uh, just self-reflection and realizing that after a good handful of these, probably eight to 10, I realized uh, while I'm only doing them every four months or so, uh, I was always processing the previous one or two or all of them and looking forward to the next one and you know, what might come there. So, um, and it took, 10 times to realize that like, this is where my energy was and this is where my passion was. And, you know, there's something so powerful in these and it's not in it, in the place it deserves in society. Like it's a, uh, it's an afterthought, uh, for not for good reason. It's an afterthought because there's powers that be that want it to be that way. Uh, but it doesn't need to be the case. And I kind of had that realization that if this is where my, my passion is, um, and not just for me, but really passion for helping others discover it and um, you know, just getting to see the things that they discover by discovering these medicines is so fascinating and cool and inspiring and motivating to me that, um, you know, what better to do than to make a life in this domain uh, so i i started to think because at the time i was in business school i was going into my second year and 95 percent of students at business school are going into banking consulting and, and big tech and i was just coming out of the finance world and my first experience with mushrooms made me realize that's not where i want to be and that's not how i'm going to fulfill my purpose so I, I kind of realized, well, you know, the bulk of these jobs at a business school are just financed with another name. It's, it's all, you know, the, that kind of corporate uh, life, which is great if that's what you feel your calling is, but yeah, it just never resonated with me. So trying to figure out what I wanted to do, kind of having this um, realization that this is where my energy is and, I'd love to spend, um, you know, my resources, my time, energy, money, human capital here. I, I tried to think of what gaps I felt there were that I could help fill with, with what I'm good at. And I thought back to that first experience, how I couldn't even find out what a trip sitter was. And that should be like one-on-one -on -one knowledge for anyone that's, that's going to be having an experience. So I thought it'd be really cool if a community existed where people could get all this information and learn from the experience and perspective and knowledge of people that have been going on these journeys for decades and, 
and even longer than that generations and that's just not out there because there's no scientific research there's no like i mentioned there's powers that be that don't want that to be yeah. there and if there is if it is there it's very challenging to find and to access so uh, i started to think it'd be awesome to to have this place where there was knowledge sharing and information sharing and people can form relationships and and meet people that are on the same path that they are uh, and i've always had a uh, passion and knack for just connecting people uh, there's a, a funny joke i like to tell that back in new york when i was living there we had a friend group of like 40 people that would always uh, go out on the weekends and inevitably someone would always ask like how do all of you know each other and my one friend amanda would pull a, a napkin and pen out of her purse and draw this crazy web that looks like mycelium in hindsight she'd be like oh so doug and michaela went to high school then uh, michaela met christian at college and doug met joel from work and you know, i was just bringing in all these like 40 people in a crazy mass of of connections and i've always really enjoyed that and thought it was cool and uh enjoyed being like one of those central nodes in that so um, i thought community building was the perfect fit for me so i took a couple uh, virtual community building courses during my second year of, of grad school and then after i graduated launched the community and since then it's really just been like a experiment to get the right people in a great place where they feel that um, they can all trust each other we can all trust each other and we can all be vulnerable and then you know see what what grows from there i love that i knew the story but i didn't know there's like details in there that i didn't know so this is very interesting what um what changes did you notice in your either your inner world or your outer world after grad school after you like started off on this path to build this community what like major shifts if any did you endure like along this journey? The biggest one is definitely uh, that I've never met a challenge like this. <laughs> uh, I've never cared about anything enough to put all of my heart and soul into it. Mm. And uh, that doesn't directly translate to, oh, it'll be nice and easy because if you love what you do, then you know you never work a day in your life. I know it is absolutely, it's absolutely work. Uh, but I think anything that is important enough should be work because it should be a challenge. Uh, otherwise it, you know, it, it wouldn't really be that important. Uh, so I, I definitely learned like the, what it feels like to really just go all in on something and, and the highs and the lows of that. So with that has come uh, ways to protect my energy. So I, an example I'll give is I started keeping a gratitude scrapbook of, uh, all the nice things people say about the community and the value it's given them so that when I am on one of the lows, low minute, hour, day, week, whatever it might be, um, I, you know, something in my brain will eventually say, why don't I check out the gratitude scrapbook? It's been a while mm. and I can read all the, the great things or, you know, see the pictures. It's a, a variety of, of content in there, uh, that people have, have mentioned to me and, you know, that can change my, my mood from uh, negative 100 to positive 100 very quickly. 
uh, can go from you know feeling maybe a little burnt out or stressed or behind to you know remembering that this is all worth it and uh, you know it's it's exactly where I want to be uh, even if it is challenging at times. So yeah, that's the the biggest thing I've learned is um, that it's. It can be challenging and there are ways to support yourself to uh, get through those times and of course to savor the the times that it is really great and and memorialize those so you can remember them when when they inevitably uh, go up and down it's so uh, synchronistic that you said that because when i first joined empathic health um i was telling a friend of mine oh, i'm gonna get choked up because this is what i do but I was like, it's like <clears throat> they recreated ceremony. I'm saying they, it's you. <laughs> but I'm like, they recreated ceremony in the sense that you're like really remembering what, who you are and what you came here to do. And everyone's doing that alongside you. And everything that we do for our own betterment is it's all an act of remembering. It's all remembering anything that like we anchor into, or we, you know, these truths that come up in us that we end up like following, like you're talking about, like that it's just remembering. It's like, it's been there this whole time. Right. But the, like you said, the powers that be and just like life and distractions and like all these illusions that pull us, it's so easy to forget. And if you don't like consciously make like these little passageways for yourself to remember, it's just so easy to get caught up in the chaos of, of it all, even if you know you're on this like fulfilling path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say it is absolutely not just me. I happen to create the container, but then you know everyone that's filled it has uh, provided it yeah. its structure and maintained its shape. Uh, so without everyone in the community, there would not be a community. So oh. um, yeah, whoever started it, in my mind at least, there, there's not too much weight there as it you know takes on its its own uh, shape and, and power which has been just awesome to see from the beginning uh, it, it's really cool and yeah i love that you mentioned that so uh one of our community members tanya who you know very well from your cohort recommended the alchemist uh mm -hmm. which is a, a book that i started listening to as soon as she recommended it and i'm almost done now uh but they talk a lot about um, well, let me say this. I, I was listening this morning when, when I was at the gym and it was about the, the part that I remembered when, when you were just speaking was about uh, when you step into your power and, and follow your heart, the universe conspires to, to make that happen for you, that everything is working for you. Uh, and that's a prevailing theme in the book and it's just so cool. Um, and it really feels that way in the community that getting all of these people together uh, is, is yeah, just remembering and remembering even the things that happened to us today that we were just too you know, sidetracked with all the other stimuli in our life to, to notice. Um, having that grounding, the breath work we did right before this podcast. I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like we did this right before we recorded because I was spiraling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really so true. And um, at my ayahuasca retreat in, so 
September last year, I, uh, I told them, and it was while I was still coming down from the ayahuasca, but I was, I was talking to our facilitators who run the retreat. And I said, I view the empathic community as, you know, an extension of the work you're doing here mm -hmm. and just continuing that work for people. So, you know, once you leave the retreat, you do all that great healing and self cleaning and improvement, but then inevitably you go back to your, you know, regular quote unquote, regular day to day mm -hmm. life and you're back to, you know, all the, the good, but also a lot of bad that, that comes with that. So you know, I, I view the empathic community as a way to continue those feelings and memories and learnings of the retreat and be that ceremony, you know, in your day-to-day -day life. And their response was like, good luck. Like, that's really fucking hard. Uh, and I was like, what you do here is hard. Like I view yeah. my part as, as much easier. Uh, and they're like, no, like this is the easy part, uh, you know, out there with all the, the other shit going on is, is the challenge. And they're definitely right that it is a challenge. Like we talked about how everything good is. Um, I still think that the work they do is, is, uh, just incredible and, and a challenge as well. Um, but yeah, I, I totally resonate with what you're saying that it's, you know, carrying that ceremony and intentionality out from that, you know, base we're stripped to at our core with plant medicine and then taking that into our day-to-day -day life and just being our true authentic selves and, and valuing that over everything society, you know, tells us we should be valuing. And there's something to be said about um, what you mentioned about the alchemist, right? And how the universe conspires with us or for us, however you want to word it. It really reminds me of, um, you know, like Abraham Hicks and law of attraction in the sense that like, once you get yourself aligned and like, that's such a tossed around term, but like, it just means like, once you get your energy, like really believing in what you're doing, whatever that is, right? What literally, whatever the fuck that is, like, if you're like playing in a rec league at like 35 years old and you haven't in a while, or if you're like literally leaving corporate and you're like, I'm just going all in on myself. It's like getting your energy to believe that what you're doing is like, this is right. But it's like, also this, it's just like remembering it's again, it's just that remembering. And then when you do that, it's so crazy how things seem to just line up like with empathic. I'm sure you have so many synchronicities in that way, but like, even how I found you guys, um, like I zoom out and I'm like, I was always going to find this group. Like I was always going to just the connections that I have outside of empathic that are also in it now. I'm like, Oh, I was, I was always going to be there. I just happened to find like a weird route in like, I found you guys through work, but really I would have found you through my social network at some point anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. The, and we talk about this all the time in the community, how uh, just mind blowing it is the, the different and constant synchronicities that come up with how people found their way into the community and then the friend they made in the community. And we have members that are going to do ayahuasca together that, you know, met within the last month and just immediately hit it off. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, who knows if, when they would have met 
um, otherwise, or you know how they even found their way into the community. And yeah. for those two specific members, like they were both like you, just you know, complete chance encounters that um, a friend happened to mention our name, and then you know they they ended up here. Um, and they're just amazing people. And now we'll have this amazing experience. Who knows what will come out of that, you know, and whose paths they will cross when, when they go have that experience. Uh, it's really, it's, it's never ending and it's always growing too. Mm -hmm. With the more uh, people that come in, the more encounters and interactions that happen, the more paths that get uh, linked, you know, the, the bigger it, it grows. And um, just because I'm excited about it all, I'm going to share a little bit about our yeah. mycelial map that we're building. <laughs> uh, so we're we're in the process of making like a 3D kind of like that uh, pen on a napkin that Amanda did with all the different connections, building that out just massively for our empathic network. So we can make a visualization of everyone that's connected and you can find out who you haven't connected to yet and form that uh, string of the web and um, really just have like a really cool way to, you know, tie ourselves all together in a, a really cool visual um, that would just, you know, even further grow our our feeling of, of togetherness in the community. I love that. And that's just such a great resource because already it uh, the group itself, the community itself is just full of such, you know, like beautifully grounded people who everyone seems to be like on their journey and like in their alignment and finding out what that is or following their callings, whatever it is, there's like so much to learn from everybody in there. That's just going to be such a great add on for everybody. Yeah, you're exactly right. And it's, it's great because we have a diversity of thought and perspective, uh, but we have alignment in, you know, how we treat each other and, and how we share that diversity of thought and perspective. Um, so it's always, you know, safe. It's always civil, and you can learn, and you can feel, you know, okay to learn, and and learn that you're wrong, or um, mm -hmm. you know, share share when you're right. Uh, so it's yeah, it's just really nice to see because you know most social media that's that's not the case. <laughs> okay, so now let's talk a little bit about some like individual journeys. Um, I've talked about on this podcast before how every single journey I've had on whatever psychedelic it has been, has been so individual and so unique. And then what I hear and showcase on here is everyone seems to have very similar experiences in that regard where like one journey with one dose is one way, but a different day could take a different turn and end up somewhere else. So I'm super curious to hear how you're, psilocybin journey went um when you were alone yeah absolutely i would love to share uh i totally agree with that sentiment i have a, a general practice that i won't journey in the same place twice because that place is a you know very near and dear memory that i will have forever with the people i did it with in that place uh, and i i don't want to mix those energies so to mm -hmm. speak so I always uh, find a new place. Um, but yeah, my my solo journey was Christmas Day of this past year. Uh, um, my family is Jewish, so there's not really any significance to Christmas for me. You're, you're like, so, fuck Jesus, I'll meet him myself. <laughs> Jesus would love what I did. <laughs> uh, for real, though. And 
Yeah, there, there are a few books that would probably support that statement I just made. Yeah, it's called the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, honestly, I knew it was a day that I wouldn't have to worry about um, people bugging me to answer emails or texts or anything like that. So it, it worked out really well. The timing lined up with you know when my trip previous was. Uh, so I did uh, about two and a half grams of albino penis envy uh, in my apartment. And that's, for people who don't know, that's a very strong strain. Um, and it was my first time doing that strain. Uh, so I, for me, I went a, a little bit lower on the dosage than I may have otherwise, uh, because it's a completely different environment. Like you said, each situation is different. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I had never done it alone and I wanted to make sure that I did an amount I was comfortable with, which I recommend anytime you're doing any plant medicine, never do more than you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how one of the ways you can ensure that your mindset is, is where you want it heading into the experience. Um, so I did that. I listened to the Johns Hopkins psilocybin playlist on Spotify. I put on an eye mask, uh, headphones. I did some breath work. Uh, and yeah, it was a, a very powerful experience. Um, there was definitely some crying involved and, um, some deep contemplation and definitely, uh, you know, challenging realizations that inevitably I had to make. And, you know, I thank the, the plants for bringing them to the forefront in a relatively gentle way so that uh, mm-hmm. I could face them. Uh, and on the positive side, it it made me realize uh, that I was having a, a big hurdle in saying I love you to my partner that I have been seeing, I have been seeing for a while. Um, and like, I know I felt it and I could feel she felt it too, but we had never you know, said the words. Uh, and I hadn't really to anyone, so it was uh, uh, a challenge. And when I finally had the wherewithal to turn my phone back on, um, and another tip I'll give is get rid of all technology, like throw it as far away yeah. as possible. Uh, it's for me, it's the worst thing it, to deal with it when disturbs. when journeying. Yeah, it disturbs yeah. energy. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> but when I when I was able to get it back, uh, she happened to be across the country at that time. Uh, I called her up and eventually was able to muster the words and uh, you know say I love you. And it was uh, obviously amazing to to hear those words back and to have that experience. And then she just stayed on the phone with me while I cried for like an hour. <laughs> uh, and ate an apple, which was absolutely delicious. Uh, tip number three of this story, have some organic, uh, especially fruit, but you know, organic natural food nearby. Um, and yeah, that was a, a really powerful experience. I have a funny picture of me uh, in the mirror, just chewing on my apple with this sweatshirt that uh, Ian from the community gave me. Aww. It's just a cat that says Dave on it. I, no context, I'm not sure why. Uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll share that picture in the community. Uh, maybe when we share this podcast, yeah. uh, we can we can add that one in as like a little teaser. Uh, and then people will be hearing this and be like, oh, I saw that when I clicked here. To, and that's a really meta 
uh, rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that, that was a really nice experience. Uh, I, I still prefer the, you know, slightly more recreational group of close trusted friends in nature, uh, partially because, you know, it's easier on the psyche. Uh, mm -hmm. it doesn't tend to go as deep. It's not that, that shadow work as much as a solo journey is. Yeah. Uh, and just, you know, sharing that experience with, with other people is always nice, but I, I definitely think that the, the solo journey will factor into my, you know, recurring seasonal experiences, uh, probably once or twice a year. It's so, uh, it's just interesting that that was your experience solo, how it like really is all like one-to-one -one shadow work, right? It's like everything that you haven't given a chance to come up, it's now coming up to come out. Whereas like when you're with a group or like more ceremoniously, it can feel like, like these bushes are like waving at me for me, like it's for me, you know, but these solo journeys are like, this is why you don't feel loved. And you're like, oh, fuck, I'm not, I'm not ready though. I don't need this right now. <laughs> I had my first solo last year, right before my ayahuasca trip. And I ended up having to call my, my dad lives a couple blocks away. And I was like, can you just come by and just, just sit? And he was like, oh God, what is this girl doing? It's <laughs> like, I just need someone safe. But thank you for sharing that. That's such a deep, uh, our emotions run so deep. And we often, I think a lot of people duck and dodge talking about them. Um, because when you talk about them, you can like, you get, you feel them. Right. And the feeling, it's so interesting that like we feel, we fear the feeling, whatever the feeling is like not feeling loved, not feeling seen, feeling abandoned, feeling just sca generally scared. We fear the fear. It's such a meta roadblock, you know, and these medicines, yeah. these medicines kind of like bring that to life. And if you're lucky, they kind of like smash through it a little bit and be like, you're just afraid of a feeling. You're not afraid of anything else. Right. And I'm not sure if, if you're like me in this, but the times that that feeling is realized, you know, Oh, I'm going to be judged for doing this. And you are judged. You're like, I don't give a shit. Like <laughs> I'm confident in what I did. And like, if they're going to judge me, like I don't really value their, their opinion in that. Uh, it's, but it's the fear of mm -hmm. that situation inevitably that, you know, can prevent you from doing what you truly want to do and be, uh, and yeah, it's just, you know, it, it really doesn't make sense because anytime the thing you fear is realized, you realize it's not only not bad, but you had no reason to fear it in the first place. Yeah. Uh, but then you'll go right back to fearing it the next time it it's comes so up. True. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's a challenge. It's like the fear has a memory of its own and she's like, we'll, we'll take a pause, but I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, that's the case. So tell me, um, as you began building empathic, I know there's been an evolution already in this like short period of time. Can you take me through those like three phases? That's about three phases, right? Probably. Yeah. I, I think it started with that realization. This was back in August of 2020 
that a community like this would be something that I would enjoy and enjoy helping to, to make. So uh, from August 2020 until June of 2021, it was all about learning how to build community, especially virtually, um, all the different platforms that are out there and you know, tools that go into that. Um, there's really a whole world of, of mm -hmm. community. I'm in a community of community managers and uh, naturally that community is very active, uh, <laughs> but it's a really great tool to uh, learn best practices and uh, helpful tips and tricks. Uh, so, so that's been great. And just meeting people that, you know, we're also interested in this concept of um, you know, a safe, trusting community where people can be vulnerable and mm -hmm. share their perspective and experiences and, and connect. Uh, so kind of building out that initial base of the community and then launching it four days after I graduated in June of 2021. Uh, in hindsight, probably should have given myself a little bit vacation for a transition, but I was very excited to you know, make this reality. So uh, that didn't happen. And uh, uh, I'm honestly quite okay with that. <laughs> uh, so we started out on Slack, which for those that don't know, is like a workspace uh, platform. Uh, but there are communities that, that exist on there and it can serve that purpose too. And we quickly found just, you know, over the course of now having this be a real thing, that it wasn't best serving our community needs. Uh, so we explored other options of, of what platforms might be a better fit. And we ended up on Heartbeat, which we moved over to in April of this year. Um, and it's been just great on there because it's a platform that's built for communities by people that understand community. Uh, so it's given us an opportunity to have uh, resource hubs to you know, help store all the information that gets talked about. It's given us the opportunity to uh, more custom tailor our events so that people can know about the ones that are most relevant to them. It's given us the chance to build out onboarding courses to help people get acclimated to the community, um, to facilitate one-on-one -on -one matches so people can you know make those deeper connections and, and uh, form those long-lasting friendships. Uh, we've started to have in-person meetups, uh, so some hikes and uh, sound healings and uh, a event we recently did in Denver to help promote the uh, Natural Medicine Healing Act that's going to be on the ballot in November, which if anyone is or knows people in Colorado that's listening to this, like, please go vote for that because it's an amazing initiative. Um, so being able to do cool things like that, you know, has it's cool to see has, has come from just that idea I had of um, getting people together that are like-minded and, and seeing what, what comes out of that. I love that you did this and I'm so grateful. And I know I'm speaking for so many people um, in Empathic who are, it's just every day, the love that pours out in that group is, um, you can feel it with their word choice, um, men and women, like from the early twenties till I don't even know how old it's such a wide range of people. And like, you know, you, you did that, that thing that we all talk about is like, you had the seedling in here, right. In your mind. And like, you did the things to make it real. And it's just <clears throat> ripple affecting so many people. Um, 
not to just like blow you up with compliments, but I hope that you take time to sit and savor that because it really is a big deal and it's nothing to be humble about, though I know you're very humble. Um, uh, you make up a good chunk of my gratitude scrapbook, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure no one's surprised. I'm constantly like, I love you. Do you know that I love you? Do you know I'm so grateful for you? Um, and the other thing I wanted to tell you, I don't know if I said this to you, but an extra reason why this is such a big deal to me. Um, this is, you know, this is my podcast. So I'm talking about me like fucking surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. Before I sat with ayahuasca in November, I made a list of <clears throat> things that I wanted to um, heal or bring in for myself. And one of those things that I was manifesting is a soul tribe. And that's not to say that my support systems are not, you know, part of my soul family. I'm so lucky that I have so many friends and family who have supported this journey, even if they don't get it fully, right? Everyone who's close to me is letting me and like encouraging me, but it hits different when you're sitting with somebody who has literally also died and seen their darkest and, um, felt what it is to move past the veil of illusion and realize how connected we really are. And then it's just the day to day that makes you think that we're not. And like you, oh fuck, you created something that like, lets us do that every day. You did that. And I'm like, I did that. <laughs> I'm like, I manifested this. Like I asked for it and like, I got it. And the reason it's so important, right. Is because we, when we come back from these big journeys, I have a lot of friends now who are exploring ayahuasca retreats after my, I released a few YouTube recaps of mine, even like the craziness. Um, you need support when you come back, you need, and it's not like you need your dad two blocks away to be able to come over and be like, okay, she's not okay. You need someone who's like, I know you're not okay, but I also know like where this is going to end and it's going to, it really is going to be okay. And that's what this has been for me in this like short month and a half or whatever. And I said to my mom, when I came home, like I get re I get rehab now in a different way. Um, my fam, I've come from a family of, um, long lineage of alcoholism and substance abuse users. And like, I've gone through this in different episodes. Like we take the shame right out where you're taking the shame out. It doesn't mean it's bad people, right? It's just this generational inheritance that you either choose to overcome or you can't. And that's fine. But now, you know, having seen people in my family go away, literally away to rehab and come home and not be able to replicate what their ceremony was, I'm like, oh, I get it now. And it, it, it helps build this compassion for like, everyone needs a community that just sees you and gets you for what it is, whatever that is, whether it's like, rebuilding your life after rehab or going away to, to sit with plant medicine and finding empathic or whatever else you're like tap dance community on Thursdays. Like I, I love it all. We just, it is such a need that goes undiscussed. Um, and you did it. And I just keep saying that, but like you did it, you made it. And there's, you know, there's others. Um, I've like peaked at some, not that I would ever cheat on empathic. Oh my God, I'm monogamous, but um, you just, it's, it's such a game changer. And I, I wanted to tell you that here, like what a personal 
you know, <clears throat> difference it's made in such a short period of time. And I'm sure that there's so many people in empathic that feel that way too. Yeah, I'm really grateful for for that. And thank you for saying it. Uh, it it will never be be old to me. And it's really messages like that from people like you and from you that give me that energy and motivation to keep going mm -hmm. and and to keep seeing where this will end up and what amazing things will will come out of it so yeah thank you i i appreciate it and it's it's so exciting because um i felt like this about a couple of things in my life where i like got in at like the right time the beginning ish of certain things and i've been like oh my god like this is gonna blow up in like a great way and it's just so exciting to be to have come in when i came when i came in and to i just know like i just know this is going to be such a great beautiful thing it already is even if it just stayed how it was today it's such a beautiful thing but i but i know there's nowhere but up for this group and and all that you have planned um and that being said what is your What's your, you know, crystal ball prediction for the next year, the next two years, next five years with empathic health? Yes. So we're, you mentioned that, you know, there are a few other communities like us. I honestly don't think there is, and I would love there to be because if anyone else is doing it, I support the hell out of it. Uh, the reason I say that is we are very diligent to make sure we never blow up in a good way. <laughs> uh, we are, we're, you know, invite referral only. We have everyone that joins the community talk to uh, myself and or another community member before they're invited to, to join. Yeah. Uh, we are very, very diligent about that. And uh, to me, that's the only way I see this community uh, continuing to be the amazing thing it is and the power it will um, grow into in, in the future. I think once that gets compromised, uh, if that gets compromised, and I'm very confident it never will, it's so hard to have it be the thing that it is. It, it no longer is all the great things that, that you said about it five minutes ago. Then it's just, you know, another place that has negativity and trolls and spam and advertisements. Uh, so my biggest goal by far is ensuring that the community stays that way and it it continues to have those um, values of of being a, a safe, trusted place where people can be vulnerable and and meet people that will change their life. You know, I love uh, you know I love a safe space. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and yeah, our mission is to craft the best healing community in the world and to have fun doing it. And that's what I envision us continuing to do into the future. Um, a bit more on the fun side in 2024 during the, the solar eclipse in April, 
are going to set the Guinness World Record for the most people dosing and meditating. Uh, <laughs> finding a, a place to do that is, is going to be an awesome experience and just you know, community building at its core. Um, in 2027, we want to see the first plant medicine retreat in the United States that's fully tax paid for members of that county. So you can have healing with your neighbors, um, people potentially you didn't even know that live, you know, literally next door to you. Uh, in my opinion, humanity evolved with, you know, you need to trust your tribe and your neighbors to survive. And I think we've kind of lost a bit of that, especially when the news is only about horrible things and it's, it's never about the, the good stuff. So, uh, finding a way to, to bring that community-based healing back and making sure that it's part of what you get for being a human. It's a, it's a civil right to, to be able to have that healing with, with your tribe. Mm. Um, so part of your taxes, um, it has everything it needs to be a legitimate operation. It has a, a curandero. It has a Western medical doctor on call just so people have that peace of mind in case it's needed. Uh, so that's something that we're, we're hoping to work towards, and I'm sure we'll need uh, help from a lot of our partners in the psychedelic space to, to pull that off, but uh, definitely something that when we do, it's, it's going to be really cool to have this, this conversation again in 2027 and talk about the, that first inkling of an idea for a community and, and what that community has accomplished in the past five, six years. I love it. All right, so to wrap this up, let's just do a quick fire round session of questions for you, Doug. They some will be empathic related and some will not. Are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> okay. First question: Are there aliens? Have you met them? Oh, there are absolutely aliens. I have not met them. I just quickly think that once the world probably does psychedelics together and realizes we don't have to be killing each other and we can actually help each other. That's when the aliens will present themselves and be like, you did it. We'll, we'll be friends with you now because we don't want to be friends with assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I also agree. Um, which psychedelic do you have the closest relationship with? I don't mean like using most frequently, but the one that you have like that emotional draw to uh, emotional tie to the most. Definitely mushrooms. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was my first one. It was always the one that, that stood out, that nature component. Um, yeah, mushrooms. Okay. If Empathic Health had a mascot, what would it be? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> it's got to be a mushroom, right? I picture like a super colorful, happy, hugging everyone mushroom. <laughs> And I love that. That's and that's not what I thought you were gonna say. And who would dress as the mushroom from Empathic? Uh, I definitely think we would have to do like a community vote, and then anonymously, so no one would know the answer, and then have that person be it, and everyone would have to guess who they think. It's like a, one of those board games you play. <laughs> game day. Who did everyone vote for to figure it out? And then at the end of the event they would reveal themselves <laughs> i love this um your elephant tattoo yes can i see it 
Oh, so fucking cute. God damn it. God damn it. And That's what, always the response I get. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> and what, uh, what is the meaning behind that? The elephant is protect the herd. And then the elephant has a heart balloon coming out of its trunk. And that is weed with love. Oh, I love that. They're so smart. Do you see Thanks. mine? I have one, two, three, four. Those the tattoos? No, no, like actually. Oh, the elephant. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, that was very virtual reality. I can't do that. Sorry. All right, back to you. <laughs> back to you, Doug. Um, Doug, you gave yourself the title Chief Empathy Officer of Empathic Health. When the position for Chief Hug Officer becomes available, am I an automatic nomination, and do I have to apply for the role? It's available now. Do you want it? Yes. All right, you got it. So it's official. It's official right now. I can't wait for everyone to listen to this. That's, that's one of the, uh, the things that I often forget and realize, like, oh, I started this myself. Like, there are no rules I need to, you know, adhere to of of, of things like this. Uh, yeah, you've got the role. It's, <laughs> it's the easiest interview I've ever been on. You got to put it on your LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last question for you is, how would you rate yourself as an amazing human on a scale of one to 10. And do you know that you're an 11? <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, that's really tricky. I don't know that I can give it a number. I could just say that I'm always trying to improve the number and it changes all of the time it's going up, it's going down. But my hope is that the general trend is always up. Mm -hmm. And if you could uh, talk to Dougie, like at age, let's say like 22, what one message would you give him? So my grandma always asked me, does anyone else call you Dougie? Because she used to be the only one and was really proud of that. Um, and unfortunately for her, now a bunch of community members do too. <laughs> so um, she'll, she'll be devastated to hear that. <laughs> I'm going to edit this out and be like, Douglas, I will never <laughs> upset grandma. <laughs> uh, advice for my 22 year old self is I think don't rush and just trust yourself. Um, I think I and past me too, like, knows what is important, what I value, what is the right thing to do. Uh, and just, you know, settling down, breathing, exercising, uh, whatever your medicine cocktail is to be in tune with yourself. Um, you'll find it. Everyone, everyone will find it. Uh, it's great to find it when you're younger, as opposed to, you know, on your, on your deathbed, uh, then you might be like, damn, I wish I found this 60 years ago. Uh, but it's there and, and you'll find it. Uh, so just, you know, know that and, and enjoy the serenity that, that comes with knowing that. Mm -hmm. And any advice for people who are listening and considering making 
major life changes or leaps of faith or spirit-led decisions, but are maybe like hesitant because of fear? Yeah, lean on the people you trust and love. And if you feel lacking in that department, then let us fill that role for you <laughs> and come check out Empathic and, and join the community. Perfect segue. So if people were interested, where should they be directed to go? So check out empathic.health. That's our website. Uh, we have a LinkedIn and we are very slowly and begrudgingly building out our social networks of Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> inevitable. And we're going to put a timeline on those just to uh, hold ourselves accountable. Um, but yeah, you can eventually find us on there, but I would definitely say come to empathic.help. It's, it's the easiest way. Um, there you can sign up for one of those referral calls I mentioned with myself or another community member. You can learn about uh, joining our next cohort, um, the, the member investment that, that comes with that, and you choose your own member investment. So we are, our doors are not closed to anyone based on uh, mm -hmm. financial reasons. It's, you know, we will get you into the community if you want to be in the community and, and the fit is right. Uh, so definitely come check us out. I would love to uh, have your referral call and, and get to chat like we're chatting now. And the referral call for anybody who's curious, it's so welcoming. And Doug is like the bouncer of the club, <laughs> but it's just like a vibe check. It's like, there's no pat down. It's just like getting a feel for your energy. I appreciate that uh, reflection because I always am a little anxious going into it. I'm like, oh, I want to like show them how awesome everything is. And like, we don't have time to explain every single cool thing we're doing. Uh, so I'm like, how am I going to fit it all in? Uh, so it's good that, it, that it's still able to get across how, how great the community is, even if uh, I, I'm not able to share every single thing that is going on. And then it's like a treat because then the people that like I bought in very quickly, it doesn't take a lot though to like schmooze me over with like loving community <laughs> words, right? But then once I got in, I was like, oh my God, there's so much more here from my whole ass heart, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today, Doug. I appreciate you and your heart. Mm, thanks for having me, Jess. To the tarot we go for this upcoming week. Please continue letting me know. You can DM me uh, at High Priestess Healing 3 on Instagram or at Jessica underscore Priscilla on Instagram. Of course, you can text me if you got me um, or message me on the Empathic Health app on Heartbeat if any of the tarot readings for To the Tarot We Go resonate with you. So out of the gate, we have two major arcana cards come out and we are ending with one. So we have number five, the Hierophant. This is the God card. This is the uh, wise counsel, the connection to a higher level of commitment, um, higher level of uh, consciousness. And the imagery on this card is uh, not lost on me, the, the synchronicity here. It's three magic mushrooms <laughs> which is so on brand for this uh interview this episode and uh the the meaning here the behind the imagery is for anyone who doesn't know 
fungi have um, strong interconnectedness and uh, means of communicating. They, they've conducted studies and show that fungi actually communicate. They, they fire off electrons similarly as humans do when it comes to communicating. So uh, if I take this card as like our ability to communicate to our highest good, our highest level, our universe, source energy, whatever words you use, it's using what's around us in our 3D world to be able to connect to that spiritual world, which is so, again, it's just so on brand for this episode and everything that Doug had, had shared about his journey and his relationship with mushrooms. Uh, and then the next card we have out is the Hermit. And the Hermit, one of my favorite cards, is all about solitude, stillness, introspection. Um, setting yourself up with quiet, mindful activities. Oh, a bird just chirped so loud when I said that. I don't know if you'll hear that. Um, setting ourselves up with quiet, mindful activities so that we can allow our inner knowing to have the opportunity to bubble up and light the way for us. 222 on the clock when I said that. And then we are closing out the three card spread with the Four of Wands. Now, the Four of Wands is all about celebrating, coming together in the traditional Rider Waite deck it is um marriage celebration ending a cycle uh graduating things of that nature so this three this three cards spread together is reminding us we have all the answers within us we know what the thing is to do and to say and to be it is um waiting for us to it's waiting for us to let it come up so that we can then move forward on this path in this life in a celebratory way. Every day can be a celebration if we let it, if we let ourselves and we find the connections to universe throughout the day and we find the moments of stillness throughout every day and we find the little things to be grateful for and celebrate every day. It's just such a beautiful way uh, perspective right beautiful way to approach um day-to-day life instead of like waiting for the right time or less chaotic scheduling or whatever the excuse is that our ego thinks of and intellectual and intellectualizes and is like this makes sense this is rational it's like the second we can like move past that rational thought and just allow ourselves to be we are naturally just interconnected and that's to spirit that's to source that's to each other it's to this 3d realm and whatever else is out there the bottom of the deck is showing five of swords energy which we know five in in tarot all the fives are like challenges or and it doesn't have to be like just obstacles but like connecting to your higher self it's challenging it's not easy like we said in the interview it is an act of remembering and you have to you're the only one that can choose to set your surroundings up like the hermit in order to remember and then celebrate what you are remembering underneath that is the fool so if you are starting out on a new journey if you if you recently started off on a new journey i'm like talking to myself right now right and you experience these obstacles and challenges and maybe you felt defeated at some point this three card spread is letting you know there is so much more to come there is so much more 
life to live and connection to be had. All you need to do right now is be and allow it to come to you. Allow those insights and downloads to happen. And then when they do, we have to celebrate it. So if you're doing all the heavy lifting, you're doing all the work, but you're not taking the time to celebrate all of your little and big wins each day, this is me giving you permission. This is me encouraging you to, and this is me telling you, if you don't fucking start celebrating yourself, we're going to have a problem here. So just, if you need help, let me know. Okay. Thank you once again for listening, for subscribing, for reading. I appreciate you guys more than you know. This outlet is just such a beautiful gift for me. And thank you to my uh, friends, family, acquaintances, and strangers who consistently show up to listen and engage. So if you have anything else you want to add, you want to share um, related to tarot, psychedelics, um, your personal callings, and taking leaps of faith, please, please, please share them. I love to hear them. Have a great week, guys. Thank you again for listening to this episode and all the episodes you've listened to so far. I appreciate you. If you are making a big life decision or have a big burning question, I encourage you to book your free life or career coaching consult with me at www.jessicaposilico.com or bring me those burning questions and we'll ask the tarot deck. You can book your live or video tarot reading at www.highpriestesshealing.me. Or if you're more in need of an energetic reset and to balance your chakras in a guided meditation and Reiki healing session, you can book that with me at www.highpriestesshealing.me. Come heal with me, guys. Bye.